0: Colossians in chapter 1 and verse 13, there's a scripture that is uh, very important for the time. It says, we have been delivered out of darkness from the power of darkness and transferred into the kingdom of the Son of His love. And That word delivered means drug out of danger, means out of the domain, the authority, the jurisdiction of darkness. And we're living in a time now where surely darkness is increasing in the earth, but the glory of the Lord will arise upon his people. And God is making a distinction in the land and the nations of the earth, those that are, that are called to him and they know him, and those that are walking in the opposite direction. We're in the world, but we're not of it. Now, you know the enemy doesn't fight fair. In these battles that we're facing, in the, the disease, you know, COVID, in the lockdowns, many of you and many nations are still experiencing lockdowns. And uh, I just heard, the UK is now to implement new lockdowns in their many places around the earth. A lot of things that are happening, and uh, but I want you to know that we don't fight fair either. I want to show you a scripture, and then we're going to go to Jonah this morning. But before we do that, second. Corinthians and uh, chapter 2 there's a very important word regarding how we've been transferred out of darkness into his marvelous light but it says this now thanks be to God you see that now thanks be to God we are to be thankful in all things regardless you know even when someone is battling a disease or the effects or the reactions to that disease. The Lord said, be thankful in all things. We're gonna be a people that are thankful in this hour. Thankful because we know who he is. Now thanks be to God who's, and here's, here's the promise, who always, always, not some of the time, not just when we think things are going our way, but always leads us in triumph in Christ. That's that promise. And so regardless of what happens on planet Earth, regardless of what happens after November 3rd during the elections, we have the one who always leads us in triumph and in Christ. And it goes on and says, and through us diffuses the fragrance of his knowledge in every place. In other words, you and I should give off an aroma, an odor everywhere we go, and we should give off that fragrance of the knowledge of Christ and that's happening all over the earth and many of you living in other nations you hear of what's happening in America but I'm telling you you're more tuned into what God is doing in your own land and there is a fragrance sweeping the earth right now leading people to the knowledge of Jesus Christ these can be you know if you depends on your point of reference they can be scary times but they can be the most exciting times for those that know the Lord and they know the promises of God that he always leads us to triumph in Christ Jesus so I want to begin this morning and look in the book of Jonah and I believe there's a word that specifically speaks to us in this nation but I believe speaks to the nations and uh, it's a word for the hour and um, should give us great hope you know, the gospel is good news. There's a lot of bad news. And uh, you, you pick up the newspapers. But there's good news. And that's why we must read this more than we read what is happening in the world. You can get the right perspective of what's happening in the world by seeing what God says. And we're, we're led by the word of God. We're led by the spirit of God. And I'm so thankful that God is being, he's showing himself strong. The eyes of the Lord roam to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong on behalf of those who know him and put their trust in him. But in Jonah chapter 1, you remember the story. We'll go over it, and uh, maybe you've never heard this story before. Some of you haven't. But it says in verse 2 of Jonah chapter 1, he's speaking to Jonah. It's a word of the Lord. Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city. And cry out against it for their wickedness has come up before me. Now that was the command that God gave Jonah. You go to Nineveh and cry out against it because its wickedness had come to God's attention. Now God knew about it all along. But there was a reaction. God wanted to do something about it. Now I've heard people say, you know, and it sounds good. Don't tell people what you're against. Just tell them what you're for. Now, that sounds good, but it's not necessarily biblical. In this case, he shouted. He was to tell the people their wickedness. And if the, the church doesn't define what is sin from what is right, right from what is wrong, holy from what is unholy, then it won't be defined in the world. The church is the pillar and the support of the truth. And we talked about that last week in great detail. We have to speak up. We have to rise up. So, Jonah was to cry out and then in verse 3 but Jonah look what happened to Jonah Jonah arose he got up all right he arose to flee from or to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord and he went down to Joppa anytime you flee from God's command you're fleeing from his presence You know, from that manifest presence. And you're going down. You're going the opposite way of what God has called you to. He's called us to follow him. And this is the greatest. Christianity is the greatest adventure known to man. When you know him and you follow him. And Jonah for this moment departed from the presence of the Lord. And he went down away from what God was calling him to. And then he goes on that he went down to harsh uh, tarshish he went down into the ship he paid the fare got on a ship to get away from god's presence from god's command now you know how would the world know who we are and that we're different from just anybody else unless his presence goes with us and that's what the scripture says that's what moses said i'm not going up unless you go with me and we listen If you know Jesus, his presence in this hour of darkness, he's going to show himself strong for you. That is what will separate you from anybody else, his presence. But then in verse 4, it goes on. But the Lord, in other words, God was not going to leave Jonah alone. He had something he wanted to do in Nineveh. He wanted to give Nineveh the opportunity to turn back to him. I can promise you, God wants to give America and the nations, right now, opportunity to turn back to him. He wants to give individuals opportunity to turn away from sin, repent, and turn back to him because that's where you find life, and that's what God is. He's a God of life. But in verse 4, But the Lord sent out a great wind on the sea, and there was a mighty tempest, so that the ship that Jonah was on began to be broken up. Now, you think about that in relation to where we are. What's happening to our own nation? We're seeing signs of a nation that is being broken up. I wonder if maybe God is not behind the storm so as to get our attention so that we would redirect our course back to him. This is the, this is the great message or the behind this story. And it says in verse 5, Then the mariners, those that are on the ship, were afraid. What's happening today in America? People are afraid. There's fear rampant from the east to the west to the north to the south. The mariners were afraid and every man cried out to his, his God. Now not the Lord God. God wanted them to cry out to him. They had many idols in the land such as today. And so this is what was happening. So they began to throw the cargo into the sea. They were doing all they knew to do to try to correct the situation. They didn't want to perish. They wanted to live. And uh, But Jonah, look what it says in verse 5. Jonah had gone down into the lowest parts of the ship and was sound asleep. And much of the church today has been sound asleep. These things that are happening, they are happening on our watch. And if, if we had been awakened to the degree that he's called us to, would they all have happened? I mean, we know... The world that rejects God, they're going to live their own way. But we're the salt of the earth. We're to be the light of the world. And God's awakening us in this hour. So anyway, verse 6, so the captain came to Jonah. He's sound asleep. Get up. Wake up. You know, and that's what the world's saying to us right now. Wake up. Church, are you the real church? They may not be saying that, you know, literally. But I'm telling you, that's what's happening. It's like the world shaking us to awaken. God is shaking us. But here's what they're saying. What do you mean, sleeper, arise, call on your God. Perhaps your God will consider us so that we will not die. You know, boy, this fits today. And anyway, before Jonah really surrendered to the call of God, he had to go through some things. And it was needful that he go through what he went through. He went into the belly of a whale, a great fish that God had prepared so that he would awaken Jonah to his calling. But anyway, you know, they started doing what they knew to do to try to remedy the situation. Verse 13 Nevertheless, the men rowed even harder to get to the land. They were in a great storm. The waves were over, coming over the ship. For the sea continued to grow more tempestuous against them and they cried out you know but then in verse 15 they picked up Jonah and threw him into the sea now verse 17 because they did that because they realized that Jonah was the issue and then in verse uh, chapter 2 it says Jonah prayed to the Lord his God from the belly of a fish and he said I cry out to the Lord because of my affliction and he answered me Out of the belly of Sheol I cried out, and you heard my voice. Look in verse 7. Jonah came to the place in the midst of that big fish. Oh, when my soul fainted within me, I remembered the Lord, and my prayer went up to his holy temple. And that's, let's go back to verse 6 of chapter 1. This is what Jonah discovered. So the captains came to him, and they said, What do you mean? Arise, call on your God. Perhaps your God will consider us so that we may not perish. And this is what I see in the scripture in verse six. Jonah called out to God. This is the cry right now for America. This is our opportunity for your nation wherever you are. I believe right now there are governors, there are presidents, leaders of nations. They have determined. They see what's happening in the earth. They see the lockdowns, they see COVID. They hear the reports of the violence. They see these things. And there are those who are saying, I see these things, but as for me and my nation, me and my house, we will call on the Lord. We will serve the Lord. And that's what happened. He was called to awaken, to arise, and call on God. Now, that's the title of the message this morning. Real simple. We awake, we must arise, and we must call on God and I want to look at some of the scriptures as what happens when a people or a nation begin to call upon God. What about you, those that are living in the Middle East? You call on God. This is what God's word says will happen, what he will do, how he will respond. And I believe many in our nation right now are calling on the Lord. You know, we're calling on him from Moravian Falls, but they're Groups all over the land that are gathering together, calling on the Lord, because they know he is our hope. He's our only hope, but he is a great hope. And the first one is found over in the book of Isaiah chapter 30 and verse 15. So there are about six things. Stay with me. Follow with me. Isaiah chapter 30, verse 15. Listen to what it says. For the Lord says, the Lord God, the Holy One of Israel, In returning and rest, you will be saved. In returning, it's it's as simple as that. God is saying, you want to be saved out of your mess? Okay, make an about face. Return to me. Turn from the world. Turn to me. I'm your hope. I'm your answer. Returning and rest, that means Come to that place where you lay your burdens on him. You give your life. You give the problems. You give the sickness. You give the situation over to him. There are places right now on the earth, they are struggling to find their next meal because of COVID and because of hurricanes, typhoons, storms, things that are happening. And I know of those situations. You know of them as well. And he's saying return and rest you shall be saved in quietness and confidence shall be your strength but in this text it says but you would not so there were a people that made a choice they said we will not and there are those that are making that choice but there are consequences to our choices and you said no for we will flee on horses and i can tell you having studied the word for many many years now You know, when you see the word horses, it often represents the flesh. So people are saying, okay, in my own flesh and in my own power and ability, I'm going to try to correct this situation. That's what was happening on the ship. They were throwing over the cargo. They even threw over Jonah. And, uh, you know, whatever they could find to do to try to rescue, to find hope. But it doesn't help. It's not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord. That word is ringing true that he gave me at the beginning of 2020. And he goes on, it says, therefore you shall flee. God says, yeah, okay, you want to flee. You, We will ride on swift horses. Therefore those who pursue you shall be swift. In other words, you may think you're going to escape your problems In your own ability But it will not work Your problems will catch up to you Your hope is in me And then he goes on in verse 18 Therefore the Lord will wait He's waiting Right now God is waiting For presidents For kings For you know governors For families Fathers To call on God Therefore the Lord is waiting That he may be gracious to you And therefore he will be exalted that he may have mercy, for the Lord God is a God of justice. He's the one. Now look in verse 19. For the people shall dwell in Zion and Jerusalem, and you shall weep no more. He will be very gracious to you at the sound of your cry. There it is. What happens when someone cries out to God? He says he will be gracious. God will be gracious at the sound of your cry, and when he hears it, he will answer you. So that's the first thing that we see in the Scripture, that God will answer you. Now, you go on and you read that Scripture. It talks about how, verse 21, your ears shall hear a word behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it, whenever you turn to the right or to the left. That's where we're living right now. We've got to hear what God is saying, hear his voice, and make The corrections make the turns. Every move we make in this hour, we can't make the move because we want to, but because we've heard the Lord and we're following the shepherd, his voice. Let me give you some examples. I remember years ago hearing a story of a, he's he's in his 20s driving down the road. The Holy Spirit, now listen to this. It was a country road. The Holy Spirit spoke to him and said stop the car, pull off the road. Now I'm just reporting. This I remember when I first heard it, it, it was remarkable. So he pulls off the road and there's a, a pond and the Holy Spirit spoke to him and said go jump in the pond. Now that would sound absolutely the most foolish thing to do in the natural. What do you mean go jump in the pond? But this young man was on fire for God He evidently, he was just radical enough to believe whatever God said. So he runs and jumps in the pond and he jumps on a boy, a little boy that had ventured away from his home and was drowning in the pond. And he jumped on the boy and saved his life. I've never forgotten that story. And my thought is, God, would I be that sensitive to your voice? Would I, could you entrust me to save the life? I'm telling you, when you hear his voice, It will save the life of others, but also your own life. we got to be led by the Spirit. I remember Peter Lord. You remember, some of you know him. Peter's still alive. He's in his upper 80s, a mighty man of God and uh, a real father and a mentor. He tells a story when he just began to recognize that God had a voice. It's like me. I grew up in a denomination. I knew he wrote a book, but I didn't really know that he could speak today. And then I begin to learn. Now, every way that he speaks to me, you know, is confirmed in the word. The word comes alive. That's his voice. To me, that's the best it gets. But, you know, we hear his voice. My sheep hear my voice. Peter Lord said he's driving down the interstate, and he, the Holy Spirit spoke to him and said, buckle your seatbelt. He had not buckled his seatbelt. So he obeys, buckles his seatbelt. Right after that, a car ventures out into the lane. He, he has a head-on collision. But he's spared because his seatbelt is buckled, or he would have died. I, that story has never gotten out of my mind. And I thought, this is the day in which we're living. Whatever happens on planet earth, you read the word, we know that things are going to happen. We're not going to be caught up. We're not in the dark. Those that follow him, we're not in the dark. We're, we are going to follow him, the light of life. But anyway, we got to hear his voice behind us and make the moves according to thus saith the Lord. Be led by the Spirit. So the first thing is when you call on God, the sound of your cry, the desperate cry, he will answer. Then the next thing is another scripture you're very familiar with over in Jeremiah in chapter 33. Jeremiah 33, verse 1. There's about five or six of these, but as we read the scripture, you know, the scriptures... Give us hope. We find hope in the word of God. What men tell you might, you know, maybe motivate you. A a football, a soccer coach will motivate you. But God's word, when God speaks to you, it changes eternity when you hear what God says to you. Well, anyway, verse 1, moreover, the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah a second time. Now that right there, you can underline that. That encourages me that God doesn't give up on me. In those times when maybe I did not hear clearly and I did not obey promptly, God is still speaking to his people. He's not going to give up. He came to Jeremiah. He said, while he was still, shut up in the court of the prison and said, thus says the Lord who made it. He made the earth, the Lord who formed it and fashioned it, established it. The Lord is his name now you know that speaks to us jeremiah was still in prison there are situations you and i are going through we would rather be ridded of we really wish this was over right now my wife's father my father-in-law is going through a situation we wish it was over it was over done with and he would be raised up off of that ventilator and there are things that we're going through we say, God, how long is this going to last? Lord, how much can I endure? You know families, they're going through things they would rather have avoided. But they're in the midst of it. And it seems like it's lingering on and on and on and on. It goes on forever. I had somebody tell me this morning this, that they're facing this illness. It seems like it just will never end. Well, look what happened. Thus says the Lord. Verse 3 now. Here's what God says. Call to me in the midst of that prison call to me and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things which you did not know and what that means is things you would not have known had you not been in that particular prison does that make sense if you hadn't been in that situation you may have not understood how mighty your God is in that battle that you're facing. But that's the word. We call on him. Lingering situations. He is the one, and he will answer. Now, you can read the rest of that scripture, and you'll find out that, you know, how God will deal with the wicked in the land. You can read that scripture later on on your own. But how God will restore those that seek him. He will bring healing. Those that trust in him. Verse 11 The Lord is good and his mercy endures forever. Was Jeremiah still in prison when he wrote that? As far as I can see, the Lord is good and his mercy endures forever, regardless of the circumstances. God is good. God is good. And you can read the rest of that. Then the next thing is over in Psalm 118. The Psalms give so much hope in this hour. Wherever you live, whatever nation, you're in read the psalms the psalms it's like it was written to us and they were the bible was written to every generation that knows and follows the lord there's a word that's relevant for the hour that speaks into the situations that we find ourselves in so psalm 118 and verse 1 he says go give thanks to the lord this is picking up from that theme that jeremiah discovered his mercy God is good his mercy and it goes on let Israel now say his mercy endures forever let the house of Aaron say his mercy endures forever let those who fear the Lord now say his mercy endures forever I heard someone say one time why does the do we find in examples in the scripture where his mercy endures forever and it repeats it there's other psalms you know why because his mercy endures forever. His mercy endures forever. There will be no end. So look in verse 5. Here it is. I called on the Lord in my distress, in the midst of the storms, in the midst of the distress. And what did he do? The Lord answered me and set me in a broad place. He lifted me up. In other words, where I thought I was confined and there was no way out, God opened the gates he showed me that there's hope. The Lord is for me. The Lord is on my side. I will not fear what man can do to me. And Therefore, I shall see my desire on my enemies. I want you wherever you are, just to speak that out loud. Say, the Lord is for me. The Lord is on my side. The Lord is for me. And if God is for me, who can be against me? That's the scripture. That's the hope that we have in this hour. I don't care if the whole nation rises up against you and they're knocking on your front door. If God is for you, then I'm telling you, you have the one who is most that you need on your side. God is on your side. And this is the the hope of the scripture. Verse 8, it is better to trust in the Lord than to put your confidence in man it is better to trust in the lord than put your confidence in princes now i know who i'm voting for on tuesday in the elections and uh, i believe god's hands upon him but my ultimate hope is not in who wins my ultimate hope is in the lord not in men i know god raises up men and women for a reason and puts them in positions and i'm gonna stand Because I see what's at stake in our nation. I don't want to go into what we could be going into. So I'm going to vote correctly. And you need to hear the Lord. But my hope is in God. It's not in leaders. It's in God ultimately. And then the next thing is a scripture very familiar. You know it. Probably if you're like me, we've been praying this a lot in this hour. Psalm 91. This is the promise. Psalm 91. Verse 7. And some of you, wherever you live, you may not even have a Bible. So you're listening, and, and we're going to do what we can to get the Bible to you. You know, but just get it to you. And his word, you don't just read it, hide it in your heart. You know, memorize, meditate on the Bible, on God's word. Because his word is powerful, the most powerful thing on the earth. Is the word of God, the blood of Jesus. And we'll talk about that in a minute. But look in verse 7. A thousand may fall at your side and 10,000 at your right hand. Now what if that happened? What if on November the 4th we woke up and 10,000 fall at our side? All of this is happening. Well, this is what the scripture says. Now this is an amazing scripture. Verse 8. Only with your eyes... Well, first, at the end of verse 7, he says, but it shall not come near you. That's a promise. Read it. Stand on it. Believe it. And then he says, only with your eyes shall you see and look and see the reward of the wicked. There's a reward for the righteous. There's a reward for the wicked. But because you've made the Lord, who is my refuge, even the most high, your dwelling place, no evil shall befall you, nor shall any plague come near your dwelling. What if you see the plague in your dwelling? Continue to stand on God's word. Don't lose heart. He shall give his angels charge over you. They'll come and minister to you to keep you in all your ways, lest you dash your foot against the stone. And then he goes on and says in verse 14, because he set his love upon him, therefore I will deliver him. I will set him on high because he's known my name. He shall call upon me. Verse 15. He shall call upon me, and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. With long life, I will satisfy him. Now you know there are situations that look like that's not happening. I'd rather believe God until it's all said and done than believe in the said and done and not believe in God. Believe in his word. That's the only thing, my friend, that will not return empty the promises of God are yes and amen for the glory of God and so we just continue to call over and believe our God be like that widow that calls on the you know he went she went to the unjust judge until she got justice well our God is not an unjust judge he's the most just he is the one and salvation and deliverance and hope comes to him and then in Psalm 50 There's an amazing through the scriptures as we look at these times when the people called on him. Psalm 50, verse 15, call upon me in the day of trouble. Call upon me, God says, in the day of trouble. I will deliver you. Now watch this. And you shall glorify me. There's a promise that says the glory, the knowledge of the glory of the Lord will cover the earth just like the waters cover the sea. God is going to be glorified in this hour. His people will give him glory. How? When they see how great he is and how he hears their cry and how he answers them and delivers them and shows himself strong. What an amazing promise that is. Here's another. Psalm 18. It says, I will call upon the Lord. I want you to turn there. I want to read that because it's a powerful scripture. Psalm 18. Look over with me. And uh, beginning... There, in verse 3, he says, I will call upon the Lord, who is worthy to be praised, so shall I be saved from my enemies. When I was young, we used to sing songs, and one of the songs, you know, reflect the Scripture, this was one of the songs. I have never forgotten that. Because of that song that we learned, we sang the Word of God. We need to sing the Word of God today. You know, I'm all for the feeling good you know, emotion, but I don't care if you feel good or not. God's word is real. And I remember that song. I will call upon the Lord, so shall I be saved from my enemies. You know, and I will call upon his name. I'm so glad they taught me that song, but I, that's, it's in the scripture. Now look in verse 4. This is why it's important to remember. Call on the Lord, so you shall be saved from your enemies. The pains of death surrounded me. Now, this is the context that the the one who wrote the Psalms is writing this. And he says, The pains of death surrounded me. The floods of ungodliness made me afraid. The word ungodly means Belial or refers to the power of darkness, Satan. You know, he says, Though Satan, Belial, the powers of darkness threaten me and make me afraid. Verse 5, the sorrows of Sheol, the grave, surrounded me. The snares of death confronted me. There are people right now, they're facing the snares of death. In my distress, I called upon the Lord and, the, and cried out, there it is, cried out to my God. And look what it says, he heard my voice. Some people think, well, he will hear your voice. He'll hear some great man or woman of God's voice. No, he will hear your voice. He's no respecter of persons. I found years ago, God is not just listening to those who we think maybe have a closer, you know, connection. Anybody that calls on him, those that know him, those that seek him, he will not turn a deaf ear. He, my cry came before him in verse, the end of verse 6, even to his ears. And then it goes on in verse 7. You could read the rest of that later, how God rose up and God responded. God moved. God thundered. And he moved even in the midst of calamity. You can read that over in verse 18. The Lord, it says in verse 18, in the midst of calamity, the Lord was my support. He was my foundation. He is what held me up. You remember that. Some of you will remember. Some of you, you're not, you've not, you never heard this. But it's a poem about a man he looking back at his journey and how he saw footprints in the sand. And how the footprints represented his Christian journey, walk through life. And there was a time he saw the footprints, and then there was a time where the footprints disappeared. And then they would begin again. But he asked the Lord. This is like when he got to heaven. He said, God, that's my life. I see footprints. But I see a time where there are no longer any footprints in the sand. Where were you, God? That was the time I needed you most. Things were happening I couldn't handle. You know what God told him? This is the poem. You could read about it. I'm sure you can find it online. He says, my son, that is the day when I picked you up into my arms and I carried you in that season of your life, in the midst of those storms. You were not alone. You were not by yourself. I picked you up. I was with you. and I was closer to you than you thought ever could be possible. And God is with us. He'll deliver us in trouble in this hour. I'll call upon the Lord. Now, this is the last scripture I want to show you because it speaks to the days in which we're living and uh, I understand, you know, there are people watching us from many nations and I've got a word from you. There's a word of hope in this hour and I want to show you something out of Acts chapter 2 because it's really a prophetic word for the days in which we're living and um, someone reminded us reminded us of this last week because many people are starting to get dreams and visions and, uh, and it's biblical. You're going to get dreams and visions and, and it's, that's one way that God speaks to you. And, um, and so we, that's why we be rooted in the word and, and understand because he said, my sheep hear my voice. Now verse 14. But Peter, or let's look down in verse 17. And it shall come to pass... In the last days, says God, that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Now, what that means is there will be no place on the face of the earth where there's not a representation of a demonstration of an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. I don't care how dark it is in your nation, I don't care how dry it is, I don't care how. The devil has been on the rampage where you live, or in your own personal life. He said, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and daughters shall prophesy. They will hear. Our sons and daughters from the youngest among us will hear from God. Little children in this hour will hear the Lord, and they'll come to their parents and say, Mom, Jesus spoke to me last night in a dream. And I'm telling you, it will have been. The mother will say, You're ama- that's amazing. That is the Lord. They'll know. Sons and daughters shall prophesy. Young men shall see visions. And we'll go into detail at some point and what all this means. Right now, it's enough to know it means what it says. Your old men shall dream dreams. And on my men servants and my maidservants, that's the men and the women. There are some places on the earth where women... You know, they're held in captivity. I'm telling you, when you know Jesus, whom the Son says free is free indeed, you're not to live in captivity. He's going to pour out his Spirit upon men, upon women, upon the young, upon the old. I will pour out my Spirit in those days, and they shall prophesy. That means they will hear God. They will speak the word of the Lord. And I will show wonders in heaven above and signs in the earth beneath. We've already seen some of these, you know, these, uh, you know, the sun has grown dark, you know, the eclipse and things that are happening, the storms and the earth. The sun and the moon should turned into darkness and the moon into blood. It says, before the coming of the great and terrible or awesome day of the Lord. Now, I want to tell you, I believe we're living in that day. It's going to be a great day for those who know God, and it's going to be awfully terrible for those who do not. We're going to know him That he's God that loves, but he's also a God of justice. And his justice will be made known and his righteousness on the earth. Both. He goes on, he says, and it shall come to pass. It shall come to pass. This is the word of the Lord in this hour. It shall come to pass that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Now that word, shall be saved. Literally, call upon him. means to be rescued. It means to be preserved. It means to be saved, unharmed, to be cured, to be healed, to be restored to health, to be set free, rescued from unbelief, and converted. If you don't remember all those words, I'm just telling you, whatever you can imagine, saved means, it means way more than that. That our God is greater and he will come on the scene and save his people that call upon him. But also they shall be converted. Now we're going to pray this morning as we close up. I've so enjoyed being with you and I thank you for joining us wherever you're joining from. But I'm telling you, this is not just a word that some man is speaking. It's, I believe, when we preach the word, we're preaching as of the oracles of God, as if God himself is speaking. And when you speak and preach his word, God is speaking, and he's speaking to you right now. we're going to pray for people in various situations. They're in those prisons like Jeremiah. Things going on they would rather have avoided, but they found that the God was good and his mercy endured. But we're also going to pray for those, first of all, to be saved, to be converted. Many people right now are finding Jesus Christ. This is harvest time all over the earth. Days like we've never known. The Bible says, whoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And some of you right now, you're saying, how can I know this Jesus that you're talking about? How can I know him as my Savior, my Lord? Well, it's not just you know, you're making a choice for him first. He calls us to him first. Nobody can come to him unless he draws us. And the Holy Spirit right now is drawing people. He's drawing many of you. He, that's that, that urge within you. That's that hunger. That's that desire to know that there's more and there's a God that's real and that he loves you. And so he draws you, but then you must believe in his son, Jesus, that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life to the Father. We must come to him and repent. What does that mean? It means turn from sin, turn from our way, and turn to him and make him our way. And we say, God, forgive me of my sin. Do you know how many people on the planet have sinned? Every single person under the everyone that you can imagine. We've all sinned and fallen short of the glory, the expectation of God. But God loved us even when we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And he sent his son to die on the cross for our shame, for our sin. And when we choose to follow him and call upon him, believe in him, confess him as our Lord, then we're saved. I want to lead you in a prayer. And you're going to see there's an email address of how you can get in touch with us. And we'll do what we can. We'll try to connect you with churches. We'll send you literature. But um, this is the day of salvation. And then stay with me. I want to pray for the believers that are in many situations around the world. But first, just cry out to God right now. Pray this out loud wherever you are. If you want to know that you know that you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, Because he's here with you right now to draw you to himself. And so, Lord, just pray this. Say, dear God, I need you. And I believe in you. I thank you for Jesus, your son who you sent to the world, who was the demonstration of your love for me. Christ died for me. While I was still a sinner because you love me and I turn my life over to you today. I turn from sin and I choose this day to follow Jesus. I confess you as my Lord. I believe in my heart that God raised Jesus from the dead and from this moment on I choose to follow you. Come into my heart. Save me. Forgive me. Cleanse me. Thank you for the blood that was shed for me. And you were risen from the dead for me. So by faith, I say, yes, God. And I receive you by faith. In Jesus' name. Now, my friend, if you prayed that prayer, the Bible says if you call upon the name of the Lord, if you confess with your mouth, you believe in your heart that God has raised his son from the dead, you will be saved. And we're going to see each other in heaven. I don't know if I'll ever visit where you live, but I'm telling you, God is in the house, and he's with you where you are. And he's in this house now when you call upon him. And uh, you follow him, find believers you can get with. Follow him in baptism. But this is the first day of the rest of your life. Now I want to pray for many of you. Would you put that music in? And uh, I want to pray for believers right now. That uh, you're struggling. You're going through things you would rather have avoided. But you're in the midst of it. And God wants to show himself mighty. He wants to show himself strong. That he is good and his mercy endures forever. So God, I just pray right now for the people that are watching. Lord, wherever they are, whatever they're going through, I thank you, you're greater. And God, I pray in this hour that God, you would arise and scatter your enemies. Lord, I'm agreeing with them. There is no hope in men. There's no hope in the world per se. Our hope is in you and in your son, Christ Jesus. Thank you for his Promises in the word that if we call upon you you will answer and hear and deliver and rescue and save God I pray for those that have experienced storms of different sorts all over the earth those that are confined in some nations they're going back into lockdowns and God, I just thank you that whom the Son sets free is free indeed. We may be locked down where we are not locked up because, of Jesus, we have a Savior who has set us free. And so, God, I thank you for that which is greater. And, Lord, encourage people. I pray for healing. I pray for miracles. There are people on their deathbed. We read the Scriptures The pains of death surround But God, I thank you that you're greater. And I pray for the power of Jesus Christ right now to break the yoke of darkness, to shatter the plan of the enemy, the infirmity, the disease. We break it in Jesus' name. And we declare that Jesus reigns, that he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And I thank you, God. You've forgiven all of our iniquities, healed all of our diseases. And we don't understand all that happens, but we trust in your word. And in your word is where we stake our claim and we make our stand. And we thank you. God, encourage people. Fill them with hope. Fill them with peace. God, there's some places they've reached out to us. They're, they're hungry. They're starving. They're starving. They don't know what to do. God, I pray that you'll be and show yourself as a miracle-working God. God, multiply the few, the fishes, the bread, the things they have. God, you're the God that multiplies and makes many out of that which is so small. Lord, bless the people. Encourage them. We thank you, God. Lord, we pray now for this coming Tuesday in America. God, move on this land. There have been many words about what is going to happen. Regardless of what happens, we know what your word says. And we're confident in you. And we pray, let your kingdom come. Let your will be done. Move on the hearts of the nation. Give us a love for the truth that we might be saved. God, undo the plans of darkness. Unravel the schemes of Satan. And let the will of God be done. And We thank you, God. We're confident in a God that lives and moves. We thank you for moving, putting your hand on people, raising them up. And they've chosen, they've made their choices for me and my house. We will serve the Lord. So we love you, Jesus. We honor you. We give you thanks in advance for what's going to happen Tuesday because we're a people that will never lose our hope. It remains forever. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Well, we just bless you, all of you that are watched. And we love you. Jesus loves you. There's more in front of us than behind us. There's greater, more for us than against us. This is the greatest hour to be alive on planet Earth. We'll see you again. God bless you.